The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message by Beth Coppage. What a privilege it is tonight to be able to share together about the joy of the spiritual life. And so we would like, I'd like you to turn to Ephesians and we're going to work our way through Ephesians at this point. And I'm going to start with verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy that we should be blameless, live blameless before him in love, that he has predestined us to be adopted as sons or children of God by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will and to the praise of his glory and his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. In Jesus, we have forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and in all prudence or understanding. He's made known to us the mysteries of his will, according to his good pleasure, and according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, which are in heaven and which are on earth in Jesus. In Jesus, we have been obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who have trusted in Christ should live for the praise of his glory. In him, you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, uh, who is guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you so move in tonight so that we know how to live to the praise of your glory? And would you take Holy Scripture and anoint it to our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies? And would you come into every home and every place represented on this call tonight? And we are asking for a visitation of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're asking that when we leave the call tonight, we will not be the same. And Jesus, would you let me not get in your way at any point? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation in my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. As we look at this, Ephesians start, Paul starts the book of Ephesians. He's writing to the believers in this, in this city. And he spent three years here. And, he's, and what he's saying to them is that he's saying he starts with a hymn. He starts with praise. Isn't that a beautiful way to begin when he, we just start with praise? He starts with praise. And when he praises, he begins, he's praising because he's sharing with them all the spiritual blessings that are available in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is a peon of praise to the Trinity, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he begins this book with a hymn, a praise. He starts with praise. And he said, and he wants to share the spiritual blessings that are available to you and to me. And were available to the Ephesians. And it's and he said, I chose you before the world began, before the foundation of the world. You and I are chosen by God. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus knew you and he planned you and he loves you. And he chose us before the foundation of the world. What did he choose us to be? What was his intention? His intention was that we would be holy. That's my character, 
that we would be out, of, out without blame. That's how I relate to you and to others. And how I relate to God is holy. How I relate to others is without blame. And I would do it in love because the power of the Holy Spirit would so come and fill your life and mine that we relate to others in love. So, and that he is, and he wants to adopt us so that we belong to him. God's Jesus has made all provision that we should be adopted into the family of God through the blood and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're no longer orphans. We belong to him and he belongs to us. We have a family. It's the family of God. And not only that, we're accepted. We're accepted. There's something very beautiful about being accepted, accepted for who we are, accepted for how God's made us, accepted. So he wants to, the spiritual blessings are that we're chosen before time began. We're chosen to be holy without blame and to live in love. We're also adopted into the family of God and we're accepted. And then he comes and says, we have redemption through his blood and through the forgiveness of sins. Because of Jesus, we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. And Jesus wants to come today and forgive our sins and cleanse us with the precious, his precious blood. And if there's anyone on this call tonight who does not know the redemptive blood of Jesus applied to their sins, tonight is the night. He wants to redeem us. And then he wants to give us, let us abound in wisdom and understanding so that we would know the mystery of his will. We would know what it means to walk with God, what it means to know God, what it means to carry God, to, to have the will of God and the purpose for which he made you and the purpose for which he planned you before the beginning of creation, that it would be fulfilled in your life and my life. And that, and, and that in the fullness of time, we might be gathered together with Jesus, who is the, the head of heaven and earth. And in, in him, we would obtain our inheritance, our inheritance that is eternal. We are, there's a place that he is preparing, John 14, for all of us. And he says, I want you to be all mine here in this life. And then I'm preparing a place for you in the world to come. And that he and that we would be trusted and with, with to be a part of this inheritance, and we would be for the praise of his glory. Now there's a little bit of a problem with this because you and I know that as much as we try in our own strength to be a blessing to other people, it's not possible. Or to be a blessing to God, it's not possible. It is only when God moves in and does it in your life and my life that we are able to be a blessing and we can be and redound to the praise of his glory. But God is able to do just that for even you and me. That is the good news of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that are available in Jesus Christ, in God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Now, he said, then he starts with this hymn of praise. Then he goes in verse 15. And what does he do? He starts with a prayer. He said, this is so good. I've just got to praise, pray, praise, and pray. And then what does he pray? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know what is their hope of their calling and they may know their inheritance in the saints because we're not alone. We belong to God's family and God's family is made up of all those that know and believe in him. And he's, and we have a family, the family of God and our inheritance is with that family of God. He says, I've got an inheritance for you that you would know then the inheritance. You would know the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance and the power that works within you to make all this possible. And what is the power? It is the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. And you can get a feel from that Greek word, which dynamite comes from our word in English. The dunamis of the Holy Spirit can come and fill your life. He can come and fill my life. 
and he wants to come and fill our lives. That's why we're having this Bible study tonight, the joy of the spirit filled life. And how powerful is this, the Holy Spirit? He is the one that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I wonder tonight, do you have any problems in your life? Do you have any situations you don't know what to do? You think this is just seems utterly and totally impossible. But I have good news for you tonight. There is one who was able to come alongside you. And he is the one who had power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. And there is no situation in your life or mine. No problem so deep. No pit so deep that Jesus is not able to redeem us. And Jesus is not able to do set it right. God is the redeemer God. And he said the dunamis of God. He is far above principality and powers. So God comes and he says, I can, I've come and I can give you the glory of a new inheritance, a new calling and I can provide your life with the power to live for God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is good news. That is good news right there. Then he goes into two. And, he's, and then so this is the prayer and, the, and the, the praise and the prayer about the glory of our triune God. And that these riches in God are available to every single one of us. And that's what he's going to talk about next. He says, and he made us alive in him. We were dead in trespasses and sins and that we were lost. And that everyone on this call knows those that are lost, dead in trespasses and sin. And we were under the prince of the power of this air. And who is the evil one? And, that, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And we were given to the lusts of our flesh and the fulfilling of the desires of those lusts. He said, that's what you were, but this is what you can be in God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. And God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, this is two, four, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sin. He made us alive in Christ, together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. There is power in the precious blood of Jesus to save you and I from all sin and raise us up together with Christ. So we sit together in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ here and in the days to come in all of eternity. And we can know the exceeding riches of his kindness. And then the great call to redemption and salvation is in 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You were created, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus wants to come, and for everyone on this call, he wants you to know him as Savior. Do you? Has he come and cleansed your heart from your sins? Have you asked him into your life? By faith, it's not something you can do. You can't just be good. He has to cleanse your heart, and he wants to cleanse it with the blood of Jesus. So that you, what comes out of your life are, is good. And it's good actions because there's a transformation and you have a clean heart. And then they says, I want to restore you this way so you know God is your savior. And then I want to restore you this way so you know you rightly related to one another. But the only way that is power, that, able to be done is by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. So then he makes this astounding thing about not only can he get us right with God, he can get us right with each other. Oh, now that's where Paul quits teaching and goes to meddling. Is that even possible? Is God that big? And he says, yes, he is. For he himself is our peace. 
He has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. He has abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so to create in himself one new person. Out of two, making peace, and he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, putting to death the enemy, enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were lost. And he came to those who were far, were far and near. For through him, we both have access through the spirit to the father. And the beautiful thing about the spirit, as Paul is writing the Jews and the Gentiles, and the Gentiles said in 2, 11 through um, 13, the Gentiles had found Jesus. And the Jews weren't quite sure that the gospel was big enough for all people, especially Gentiles. And God said, oh, my, the gospel's big enough for all the world. And he said, and I am your peace and I can break down the enmity between a Jew and a Gentile. In fact, I can break down in the end of the top, end of the book. He talks about enmity between husbands and wives and parents and children and employers and employees. God can put the knife of the cross into the middle wall of partition. He can give us peace and he can give us Trinity unity and Calvary love. I want to know today, do you know anything about what it means to live in Trinity unity and Calvary love? <laughs> That's why he died. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit, so that Jesus could do just that in our hearts for us. And how does he do it? You and I choose to let him be the cornerstone of our lives. And say, Jesus, and this isn't in 2, um, two, two 19 through 22. Therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints who are members of the household of God. So we're part of the family of God. Now he talks about we're not only the family of God, but now we have a new country, the kingdom of God. And we're fellow citizens with the other saints that are part of his family. And we're not foreigners or aliens or refugees. We belong. We belong to him and we belong to each other. We belong. And this fellowship and this family and this temple and church of Jesus Christ that he has built is built on the prophets and apostles, and Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Tonight, is he the chief cornerstone of your life? Have you got a foundation laid in your heart other than Jesus? Is it self? Is it me, myself, and I? Jesus doesn't wipe, want to wipe you and I out, but it's the wrong foundation. We're not God. He is. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. If you and I are going to be the people that God made us to be, the ones he created and thought of before time began, you and I have to enter into a love relationship with the triune God and let him transform us and make us all his. And he has to begin by setting us free and redeeming us. But then he says, in three, he said, it's not enough to just be set free to be born again or be saved. You have to be filled with precious Holy Spirit of God. And ladies, that's not quite so easy sometimes. Because sometimes we like Jesus at the corners of our life. Because we never know when we might need him to come and bail us out. 
But Jesus said, no, you, if I, what you really need is for me to come and fill you with all of myself. And then Paul in three, he talks about the gospel is available to all people in the first part. And he is a, he is a preacher to the Gentiles. It's available to anyone, uh, all of God's children on the globe. And then he stops again and he prays that the Jews and Gentiles will know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And we start in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's God the Father, and there's God the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family and heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might, that dunamis, and that marvelous power of the, through his Holy Spirit, through his spirit in your inner being that Jesus Christ may come and dwell in you and me through faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in love to know the height, the width, the breadth, the depth of the love of Jesus Christ for every single one of us. He knows us. He knows us by name. He knows everything about us. Psalm 139. He knows the hairs of our head. He cares about us. And he is longing for that intimate love relationship with himself. Made possible by the precious work of the spirit. That we would know the love of God. And we would live our lives out of the overflow of the love of God for us. Sloshing over in the worlds in which you live and the world in which I live. And we would be filled with all the fullness of God. That is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. And I believe that is God's prayer tonight for every single one of us from all the states and countries represented tonight. That we would know what it means to be full of the presence of God. And it says all the presence of God. Not a little. Not a part. Not some. It's once again that glorious exchange we talked about last year in Zechariah. All of me for all of Jesus Christ. The glorious exchange is what he wants to do, fulfill him for himself. And then the prayer ends in another doxology of praise. Don't you love the upbeatness of Ephesians? He says, now unto Jesus and unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, hope, or dream of, according to the power that works in us, that spirit of God, the dunamis of God, to him be glory to the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. And the power in that is that what God does in you and me impacts not only us, we never make a decision in our life for God or for the evil one, that it doesn't impact the generations that come after us. We do not live unto ourselves. We live for him and we live for another. And if we do live for ourselves, we impact negatively those that we love the most. God wants to come and set us free. And he wants to come and do exceedingly abundantly tonight in your life. Do you know what it means to enjoy the fullness of the spirit in your life and know the exceeding abundance of Jesus? Oh, oh, that's what he longs for you. And then to whet our appetites even more, he says, this is what a transformed life looks like. Would you like to see? One, you walk in unity. Oh, he's already mentioned that. Jew, Greek, Gentile, believers, men, women, there's unity that comes from Jesus. We walk in loneliness, humility, gentleness, patience, 
forbearing with one another in love and endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. When the spirit comes and fills our heart, in us to have Trinity unity, have love because he transforms us and he puts the humility in our hearts so I can bear with your idiosyncrasies and then you can bear with mine. Because the reality is every single one of us on this call, this call has cute little idiosyncrasies, but we've all got them. And God says, I'm big enough that I can give you grace to be able to stand, be able to love and love each other and bear with one another. And as much as is possible to live at peace with all men and women. And there is one body and one spirit. And then he talks about the oneness. And this is the Trinity where the pattern is for this is God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit live together in self-giving love in Trinity unity and Calvary love. And they live together, three different persons in the Trinity, three different roles in the Trinity, but there is unity in the difference. And there is Calvary love. God is longing for that in our homes, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, in our, in our Christian service, in our churches. In our, that is the big need of the hour in our nation and the nations of the world, because we've said, I'll do it my way. And that is the point. There's no unity when everyone is looking out for their own self-interest. God wants to move tonight. And he wants us to walk in unity. And then it says in 9 and 10, Jesus has conquered death and hell. He's able to do it for you and me, even that kind of radical life-giving transformation. And then he's able, then he's able to give us Trinity unity with one another so that we're not tossed back and forth by false doctrine, but I can listen to you, hear you, and then I can wait upon the spirit and seek Jesus together to seek, speak the truth and love and grow in Jesus. So Jesus wants to come so that we speak the truth and love. Sometimes we will disagree. Sometimes we'll see something differently. Sometimes our spirit will go, that's not quite right. But we can speak the truth and love. And then we can grow together, knit down in him and the body can be edified by love the fellowship of believers so the possibility is in him and in each other to reach the world for jesus and jesus said that our greatest witness is when we behold how they love one another i want to know today do you love like that if you let Jesus do such a redemptive work in you, that's how you love. That's what he wants to do and he can do if you and I will let him. Then he said, you no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And what does that mean? The non-Christians he's talking about here. And the difference between a Christian who loves Jesus and is filled with the spirit and a non-Christian is that their understanding is darkened. They don't think correctly because they're alienated from the life of God and God is truth. And then they are given to appetites that are based on lewdness, lust, and greed. And then their conduct is an outworking of their darkened mind and their appetites. And they're given to all kinds of sin and deceitful loss. It's a pretty good picture of our society today. We use and abuse each other. And it leads to violence and abuse and evil of the highest order. Because we do not know him. But you and I. And those who walk with him have been transformed by the renewing of 
and our spirit of our mind, verse 23 of chapter 4. And we put on the new person which is created in God and true, true righteousness and holiness. God can transform us. He's saying it again. He's a great teacher. He says it again, like we do with our kids. Pick up your toys, I said over and over. You just keep telling them again, telling them again, because you don't always get it on the first time. And it's the trans, he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may be transformed into a new creation according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's not he is able to transform me inside to be holy and righteous, which is my heart and my actions. Now, what does this look like here? And he's very practical. He says, one, if you and I are transformed by the spirit of God, we won't lie. We'll speak the truth. Two, we will be angry, but we won't sin. Wow. And we won't let the, the sun go down on our wrath. We'll settle it. We won't let time go by so it gets bigger. And we won't let there be an opportunity for the enemy to, to come in, the devil to come in. There's a place to be angry, but there's a place to be righteously angry. And not sin. And then he says, we're not to steal. If you and I have been transformed by the spirit of Jesus, we won't steal. We'll work. <laughs> we'll work because work is good. It's a gift of God. It was in the Garden of Eden. He gave dominion to Adam and Eve to till it. And work is honorable. And it's a gift. And it's a gift so you can care for your family. And it's a gift so you can so you can have something to share with others because God's love is always self it is always giving then he says if you and I are transformed by the spirit something will happen right here you go god are you that big you can transform my mouth he said no corrupt talk will come out of your mouth but only what is necessary for edifying and imparting grace to your, the listeners. Does your tongue impart grace and encouragement to the ones around you? Does any corrupt talk or lies come out of your mouth? Jesus is so big, he can change our tongues because our tongues are actually an indication of what's in my heart and your heart. And he said, I'm so big, I can change. So I transform you inside. So what comes out here is Jesus, 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 Jesus. I had an interesting thing that Jesus brought to my mind this today. I remember I was a college student and I was in downtown Lexington and I was shopping and um. And I must have been singing as I walked along, uh, just humming to myself and singing. Well, all of a sudden, I was accosted pretty abruptly by another gal about my age. And she said, Beth, why? She said to me, what would you be singing about? There's nothing to sing about. And I was so taken back. And I said, oh. And I so I said, oh. And then I thought, oh, I could share with you. And I turned and there was a coffee shop. I said, do you have time for a cup of coffee? She said, yes, I do. I said, well, it's on me. And we turned and went into that coffee shop. And I shared with her about what Jesus had done in my heart. And that he had put a song in my heart. And that he could put a song in her heart. To. It wasn't dependent on circumstances. It was dependent on him. And then the two of us prayed together in that coffee shop. God wants to so transform us 
that what comes out of our mouths, even in off moments or even in singing, he talks about that at the end of the next chapter, God can use for his praise of his glory and we can bring glory to him. Even if you can't really sing, and I really can't, mine's a joyful noise. He can transform our mouths. But then he gives another admonition, which is very helpful. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You go, Jesus, I don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit. What grieves you? Don't let any bitterness come into your heart. And this is a big, huge thing. As you and I get older, why is God blessing her and not me? Why is that missionary getting more than I am? Why did God, oh, I'm available. Why isn't he using me in the way I deserve? And my kids aren't being blessed, but they, how come they have all our little, and God says it can rise up in Hebrews and defile many. And it can go from generation to generation. God says, root out the root of bitterness. You trust your life to him. And there's no comparison. You just say, God, you be glorified and you choose whoever you want. There's a level of grace in that that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And then he says, don't let wrath or anger or quarreling or evil speaking, your mouth again, show up. And a lot of times that's when we feel I'm not being treated the way I deserve. And once again, we have to watch those pronouns because when Jesus comes in and fills us with the spirit, there's a depth to my will and then saying yes to yours and a depth to my self-glorification and that the delight of my heart is Jesus is glorified. Is Jesus big enough to do that? Yes, he is. The question is, will we let him? <laughs> will we let him? All this is available if we'll let him. We can live without malice. And then he closes with another precious doxology. Be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Ephesians 4, 32 was one of the first verses I ever taught my kids. Have you allowed Jesus to transform you? Then he says, not only will you walk worthy and put off the old man and become a new creation, you will walk in love. And this, we will imitate, be imitators of God because how does God? God is love. He loves. And God, just like Jesus loved us and he gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. And it's a sweet smelling fragrance to God. And every time you and I allow God to love through us and put another's interests ahead of him, it is alabaster box love to him. It is a sweet smelling fragrance to the heart of God. And he said, there can be no fornication, no uncleanness in a believer's life, no covetousness, no filthiness, no foolish talking, no coarse jesting. They're not, they don't belong in a transformed believer's heart, but a giving of thanks. And the reality is, if any of those characteristics are in any of our lives, Fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, idolatry. We, those who have those fruits in their life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived by empty words to say, this is okay. Don't be deceived. Ladies, I'm going to pause here. Because I think it's very crucial. Sometimes you and I, and the church in the evangelical church in the States, has actually said that it is all right 
to just pray and you can say a prayer and ask Jesus into your heart. But then it doesn't matter how you live. And that is like Linda says, becomes my ticket to go to heaven. God isn't giving tickets. He says, no man shall, without holiness, no man or woman will see God. And God wants to come in right now. And he says, wait a minute. If you want to see me, you have to enter into a covenantal love relationship with me, just like our marriage covenants, where it's all of me for all of you. And don't stop with just being born again, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say again the story that I shared last time, but I feel it's very important because we cannot play games with God. I remember speaking, and at the end of the, the message, um, the, I, I called women to come forward to be filled with the Spirit. And I, I prayed with three that day. But the interesting thing was, all three of them, and many other counselors were praying with other women. But the three Jesus led me to, the first one said, I'm a born-again Christian but I'm mean as a snake and I'm so mean. My grandchildren don't even like me. Can God give me a new mouth? Oh, I said, he can do better than that. He can give you a new heart, which then will give you a new mouth, but you have to die to yourself, Will. And let Jesus come and be Lord of your life and fill you with spirit. And she met him. Then I had two more. And both of them started it the same way. And one was a college girl and one was um, a professional woman. And one was sleeping with her boyfriend and one was having an illicit affair with a married man. But they prefaced their, I'm a born again Christian. And I said, honeys, you have to let God transform your life. You can't say I'm this and live with sin in the inner citadel of your soul. You have to let the knife of the cross come in and cleanse, purify, and set you free. That's why Jesus died for you. And that's why his last words were, wait in Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I am sending my comforter to be with you. And he makes that life possible. Is there any game playing you're doing with God? Are you trusting in a ticket? Or do you know him? and all the redemptive purposes of the joy of a spirit-filled life. And then are you walking in the light? That darkness was deep. We just talked about it. It says walk as children of the light. And if you walk in a face-to-face love relationship with Jesus, living in his word and loving him, the fruit of your life will be goodness. That will be who you are because he's good. Righteousness, right actions, that will be who you are because he's righteous. And your life will be built on truth. And you won't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But you will have fellowship with Jesus and other believers. We've noticed that on that prayer call. We've noticed that on this Bible study. We have a fellowship together of like-minded, those who know Jesus, love Jesus, and have sold out to Jesus and let him fill them with the spirit. Then he says, walk circumspectly. And that means redeeming the time because the days are evil. Waking up in the morning saying, Jesus, and spend time with him. And then say, how do you want me to spend a day? And commit your way unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Proverbs 16, 3. And then you come back to him as your default position in the middle middle of the day or later afternoon. And then before you go to bed, the last thing at night, you read something from his word and let it percolate through your mind all 
night long. You live in him and let him love you and you love him back. Are you redeeming the time so that you can understand what the will of the Lord is? And then it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with spirit. And some, some, this is a real, the devil's counterfeit for the reality. Because what does liquor do? It numbs our pain, makes us brave enough to talk. It makes, it has a quasi fellowship of other people drinking. He says, no, do not give yourself to that. It is a counterfeit. Give yourself to Jesus. He is the real deal. And there is no hangover. There is no brokenness. And there are no severed relationships. God wants to come and set his people free from all drugs, all addictions, and all self-love so that we are set free to love him and let him transform us by the power of his sweet Holy Spirit. God wants to come. And then what's the rejoice? What happens? We sing and rejoice and give thanks. And sometimes we don't even realize it because it becomes the default position of our lives. Gratitude to the one who has set us free. And then he goes into the nitty gritty of marriage and family and the workplace. And then the nitty gritty of putting on the full armor of God because the one who conquered death and hell is able to come and he is able to strengthen us as we put on the full armor of God as we go forward today and tomorrow in him. And he couldn't put on the breastplate of righteousness and gird our waist with truth and our feet shod with the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. And when the fiery darts of the enemy, we can stand strong and the helmet of salvation. So we think like God does and that we can go forward in the power of Jesus to live for Jesus, love, look like Jesus, love like Jesus and live for Jesus. Do you know the victory of the spirit filled life? Do you know the utter joy of that? Oh, I have something sweet for you. Um, four or five years ago, I was at Indian Springs Holiness Camp Meeting in Georgia. And uh, after one of the services, the morning service, a little gal from Alabama came. And she said, Beth, I did what you said. And I said, oh. What did I say? And she said, I heard you share in, at Indian Springs Ladies Retreat in April. And she said, and you shared that I should ask Jesus what he wanted me to do. I want you to start a ladies Bible study in your home. She said, I did. She was a very quiet woman. And I just, I thought, wow, that was brave. And I said, well, how many did you have? She said, 12. I have 12. I said, wow. And I said, and we're doing James. I said, wow. And then she said, I did something else you told me to do. I said, oh, what was that? She said, at the end of one of your messages, she said that Jesus wants to come. And once he fills us with his Holy Spirit and he gets all of us, then God can make us then God can use this as a catalyst for revival to reach out to those that are lost and need Jesus. And you gave us all pieces of chalk and said, go take this back to your room here on the campground, step into the circle and say, Jesus, I give you all of me for all of you and start the revival right in this circle. And she said, I did it. So then I went to Bible study in my Bible study, and we've been meeting a few weeks, and I was talking about the, God was talking about the undivided heart. So I gave everybody a piece of chalk and said, we need to talk about what it means to be all gods and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So she said, they took the chalk, they listened, but there was no wow. So afterward, I was kind of sad. I said, Jesus, I don't think they really heard or understood 
So the next day I was in Walmart and I was going down the aisle and they were having a sale on hula hoops. And she said, do you know what, Beth? Those hula, all of a sudden Jesus said, what if you get hula hoops instead of chalk and buy 12 hula hoops for your ladies? And next week, meet in the church. So I said, okay, Jesus, they were on sale. I bought 12 hula hoops. Got permission, went to the church. Spread out those hula hoops all around the altar. And she said, we met for our Bible study. And at the end, I said, last week I invited you to draw a piece of chalk around you. But this week, I'm really serious. And I ask you if God is speaking to your heart about full surrender and saying, Jesus, I want to give all of me to all of you. And I want to be filled with your precious Holy Spirit. So who I am at home is who I am in the marketplace or at work. There's no disconnect. And she said, then I went and sat down and I said, Jesus, it's up to you. And then woman after woman after woman came forward and began to kneel in those hoops and weep and cry. And Jesus came. He came. He came. And then she said, after she prayed with him, she said, now I want you to go home. And he said, I want you to ask Jesus for your three most wanted to be alive in Jesus. Your three prodigals are people that are lost, that they would find God and give me and then bring them to church. And we're going to put their names up. Well, the pastor heard about it. He got so excited. He got the biggest hula hoop she'd ever seen and put it on the bulletin board. And then they put the names of the prodigals. And then she said, Beth, you want to know what else God's done? I said, no. What else? Said, the most woe-begone prodigal on our list just called his mother from the county jail. And he's met Jesus. And he said, Mama, when I get out of jail, I want to go to Bible school. In the course of that next year, I was sharing in the Midwest. And I used that illustration there. And the, my hostess had a couple of hula hoops in the front. And then when I opened the altar for prayer, a little gal rushed down and knelt in one of those hula hoops. And I left the podium and went and knelt with her. I said, what is Jesus saying to you, honey? She said, oh, you're the squeaky clean lady. I said, what? She said, I heard you speak last year, and I wasn't brave enough to go forward. I need a squeaky clean heart. I need Jesus to set me free. And we knelt right there. And we asked Jesus to do just that for her. And I think I'd be amiss this day if I didn't give us an opportunity to do the same thing together right now. And I'm not able to kneel with you face to face at an altar. But that Jesus can. And I'm going to just read these verses. And if you will make where you are an altar. And then as I read these verses and make them a prayer, because I think God tonight is talking to some about some of us of what it means to receive the Holy Spirit of God and let him transform us forever. And then start with the words of Jesus. And these are the ones that I knelt with and shared with our precious one. 
Let not your heart be troubled. Put your name in. Beth, let not your heart be troubled. Beth, believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I will pray the Father, Beth, and he will give you another helper or comforter that he may abide with you, Beth, forever. The spirit of truth. Would you pray that? Is your heart troubled? Do you believe He's the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus is praying right now for you. And he's willing to give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that will abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. Then I will sprinkle clear water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Put your name in there. I will cleanse you, Beth, from all your filthiness. That's what he can do. And from all my idols. I will give Beth a new heart and a new spirit. I will take out the heart of stone and out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will keep my judgments. Then you will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. God will give us a new heart and a new spirit. Do you need him to cleanse and purify and give you not only that new heart, but a new spirit? Now may the God of peace himself, oh, I love this one, sanctify you completely or through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He can sanctify us. He can make us whole through and through, spirit, soul, and body. Faithful is he who calls you. He also will do it. I don't have to do it. He does it. And what kind of God is he? God of peace. The peace that you're longing for. And he comes himself and he comes to each one of us. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify Beth completely. May her whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of Jesus Christ. He who calls you, he will do it. Oh, the marvel. Do you know that reality today? Let this prayer be your prayer. For this reason, and this is what we just read, We bow our knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, Beth, or whatever your name is, to be strengthened with might through his spirit. And and might there is that dunamis power, that glorious power, through his spirit, in your inner person, that Jesus may dwell in your heart through faith and that you and I will be rooted and grounded in love, not stress, not anxiety, not tension, but love. And we can comprehend with other Christians what is the width and the length and the depth and the breadth and the height of the love of God. And to know personally the love of Jesus Christ for us, which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly 
Above all, we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. Then the next one, if you have, looks at this. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty and he will save and he rejoices over you with singing. Oh, the good news is I hear him way down here in Georgia singing over you. And honeys, would you let these just sink into your heart? 